Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Shannon Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. Well, we've had a bit of a break between tonight and the last teaching, and if I had time, I would review for you, but we don't have a whole lot of time, so we're just going to get into the Word. So I would encourage you to get the last two messages so that you can get caught up. But what we're talking about is being free from fear. Amen? Galatians 5.1 says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we know that Christ gave us freedom. He paid the price so that we could be free. He did not create us to live bound and tormented by fear. So last week we began looking at different methods that the devil uses to plant seeds of fear into our heart. We understand that both faith and fear are spiritual forces. They are opposing spiritual forces. And it is our job to choose faith, amen? To choose faith. And when we choose faith, then we can rise up and we can fight fear. God did not create us with fear, therefore we can choose to live without it, amen? So we'll pick up where we left off. Last week we got through two of them. One of the ways that the devil uh, plants seeds of fear into our life is through words, he uses words to plant seeds of fear into our hearts. Sometimes that happens through thoughts. Sometimes that happens through something that someone else says. We talked in detail about that. We also talked about how sometimes the devil will use the magnitude of the problem that we're facing. Sometimes the problem can look so big. And the devil will try to tell us, hey, your problem is just too big. We talked about being careful about being around people who are full of fear because fear is contagious. You can always find someone to stand there and say, you know what, you're right. That problem is just too big. So we, we went through some of the details of those two things. So tonight we're going to continue in that. So if you're taking notes, we're going to pick up with the third thing that the devil uses to try to plant seeds of fear into our hearts. The third thing that he uses is things that have not worked out in the past. Things that haven't worked out, past failures. The devil likes to remind you of the past failures. He likes to remind you of, of the things that didn't work out before. He likes to point out the failures of others. Sometimes when you're facing a problem, he likes to tell you, oh, look, you know, that person trusted God, but it didn't work out for them. And he uses these things to create fear through doubt. I'm sure you've thought these kind of things. Oh, I prayed, but it still didn't work out. So it probably won't work out this time either. I remind you tonight that Proverbs 4.23, if you bought your Bible, you can open it up to that. But most of you probably know this verse. It says, keep thy heart or guard thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. One translation says that that word issues means forces. 
So we understand that forces in our life can either be good or bad. They can be positive or negative. Forces are important to be aware of. What kind of force is coming out of you? Why? Because out of it come the boundaries of your life. So the question is, what is coming out of you? What is coming out of you? The devil will try to remind you of the things that didn't work out in the past, and he'll try to get you to talk about the past failures. He'll try to get you to talk about the things that didn't work out for other people. And I would say to you tonight that for every disappointment that you have, I can give you a story of success. For every person that you know who prayed and didn't get healed, I can tell you a story of the ones who prayed and did get healed. For every person that was afraid to walk through the open door that God put in front of them, I can tell you the story of the person who walked through the open door and it worked. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever past failure you're concerned about, look for a story of victory. Why? Because stories of victory offer us hope. You know, I was praying with a lady the other day, and she said, you know, I got a bad report of the doctor, and she told me exactly what it was. And I literally looked right at her, and I said, I know this person wouldn't mind me telling you this, but I prayed with a lady a few weeks ago. She got the exact same report, and when she went back, the doctor said, I'm sorry that that report was wrong. They redid it, and the results were different. Why did I tell her that story? To remind her. That there is a God of success. The devil will try to get your eyes on the past. He'll try to get your eyes on the failure. He'll try to get your focus on the disappointment. But a heart full of faith will focus on the victory. A heart full of faith will focus on the miracles in God's word. A heart full of faith will focus on the success. Amen. A heart full of faith has a confidence in what God can do. And what he wants to do. Amen? Look, we've all experienced things that didn't work out. We've all had letdowns. We've all made mistakes in our walk with God. But there's this funny thing about the, your walk with God. You see, you get better and better at it. The more you do it, the better you get at it. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing. The more and more I listen to God's word, the better and better I get at believing it. The more and more I believe it, the fewer and fewer letdowns and disappointments I will have. The more and more I know intimately who God is and I'm able to believe it, the less and less power fear will have over me. And the more and more I will begin to experience the goodness of God and I will see the laws of God work in my life for my benefit. You see, you get better at it the longer you walk with God. Just like with anything else. You get better at basketball the more times you shoot the ball. Right? 
We get better at doing things the more and more we do it. You can think of area after area in your life, things that used to be really difficult that now you do with no thought. This works the same way. The more and more you do something, the better you will get at it. The more and more you know God, the better you will get at trusting him. The more and more you choose faith, the easier it will be to trust in God. And the more and more you choose faith instead of fear, the more confidence you will have in God. And the more you believe, the less damage the devil can do. Amen? So there's a hope in that. But the devil will use past things that didn't work out. He'll try to shift your focus to that. Instead of to the promise of what God has given you in his word. So that he can plant seeds of doubt. And when he plants those seeds of doubt, then you open your life to attack from the devil. So it's important that we keep our eyes on Jesus, amen? That we keep our focus on the word. The fourth thing that the devil will use to plant seeds of fear in your heart is guilt. You know, it's amazing how the second a mountain appears in your life, the second a, a problem arises in your life, the second you really need to see God move in a powerful way in your life, another voice appears. And it's always the voice that tells you, oh, really? Well, now you're going to pray? Now you're desperate for God? Now you're going to run to church every week? Now you're going to call out to him? You don't know enough of the word. You haven't been serving God enough. You haven't been praying enough. You haven't been going to church enough. It's just guilt. But I remind you tonight, what does Romans 8 say? There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. Enough said. Amen? <laughs> Don't allow the ways of men. What are the ways of men? The ways of men like to throw stones. They like to make accusations. They like to accuse. They like to point out your weaknesses. Don't allow the ways of men, the condemnation of man to make you a slave to fear. When God, the only voice that matters, says that there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. None of those things can earn you freedom. They're all good things. It's important to come to church. It's important to be in the word. It's important to confess the word. It's important to talk to God. It's important to pray. But they do not earn you God's grace. I love what Galatians 3, 5 says. It says, so again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you have heard? You come to church not because so you can get on the good side of God. You come to church to increase your faith. To increase your believing, to increase your confidence in God, to increase your faith so that you can reject fear and choose faith. Amen? Yeah. 
So don't allow yourself to be placed under guilt and condemnation. There is no judgment against you if you have chosen to be a child of God. Amen? The fifth thing that the devil uses to plant seeds of fear, and this one really bugs me, because a lot of people are so naive to it. But he uses bad teaching. He uses bad religion. He uses bad messages. And sometimes they come from really good teachers. But they teach really bad stuff. Look, I walk a line by saying this to you, but I would say to you that you better be really careful who you're listening to. You better be really careful who you're allowing to speak into your spirit. You better guard your heart against how people are translating the word. Because I'm telling you right now, you can go home tonight and flip from channel to channel and find one nice preacher after another who's going to tell you that God is going to let you remain sick, that God allowed you to get sick, that God is allowing you to go without, that he is allowing you to suffer that all of those things are being done while he watches you to make sure that you learn a lesson or that he's doing it to strengthen you, to strengthen you in some way for something good that he has planned one day. And my response to that is always, what do you have to say about all the other verses in the Bible that tell me that every good and perfect gift comes from my God, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that God is on my side, <laughs> that he bought and paid the price for me to live the abundant life, the God kind of life. There is no suffering in Christ Jesus. What he has given you is the ability to choose faith, to rise up, to reject faith, fear and every evil work of the devil. So you must guard your heart because listen, when the devil attacks your life and you turn on the TV or you listen to a podcast and the preacher tells you, don't worry about it. That sickness is there because God is making you a better person. It's going to be real hard not to be afraid when you're not sure if you should sit back and accept what God is doing to you or rise up and fight against what the devil is doing to you. And the devil will use that bad t teaching to create doubt and insecurity in you and fear will take a grip on you and that evil work of the devil will manifest and will overcome you because you're not in a position of faith to fight it. You have to guard your heart against bad teaching. First John 4 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Remember that it is your job to check the word with the Bible.
check the word with the Bible. That's one of the things I appreciate about growing up in this church. Because Pastor Charles is a Bible teacher and he walks you through checking the message in the Bible. He doesn't get up here to teach you to provoke emotions from you. He teaches you to have a better life because of what the word says. You must check what you're listening to. Amen? So we see how the devil uses different things in our life to plant seeds of fear. And it's very important that on a regular basis, we're monitoring our life. We're guarding our life to make sure that those seeds of fear do not take root. Because when they take root, then they will begin to develop and they will grow up and then they will produce a fruit. So what are the fruits of fear? Tonight we're going to talk about some of the things that fruit produces in our life if it is not dealt with. I mean, fear produces in our life if it is not dealt with. You see, the devil will attack all of us with fear. But if we deal with it, it will not take root and it will not be able to produce a fruit. So what does fear produce? Well, the first thing that fear produces is sickness. It produces sickness. Fear in your spirit can actually make you sick. It can actually produce a physical sickness. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Solomon said that if fear remains in your spirit, that your bones will actually dry. They will begin to rot. And one of the main ways that the devil does this is by causing us to worry. Getting us to be worriers. To be worry warts. To start fretting and thinking about all the possible things that could go wrong. All the possible things that might happen to you. I remind you that while the Bible tells us to be wise, it also tells us to cast our cares on him. Amen? Worrying will not change anything. Worrying will not change the sickness in your body. Worrying will not change the circumstances that surround you. What will change it is faith. So it's our job to cast our cares onto him and to use our time believing instead of worrying. Amen? You know, there's a statistic that says 75% of people in hospitals today are there because of worry, tension, or fear. 75%. Fear is an epidemic in our society. You hear all the time about people dealing with anxiety attacks and, and fret. And they have social, social issues because they're afraid of people. And they work themselves up into states where they end up in the emergency room. Or they develop heart problems or different things like that. It's important that we actively cast our cares on him. So how do I do that? You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, you know, you've got to cast your cares on God. And they said, well, how do I do that? 
Well, I can't tell you that I know the perfect way to do it, but I'll tell you how I do it. Every morning when I take my communion, I say, God, to d- I just give you these things. I give you these things. I choose to trust you with these issues that are bothering me. These are my concerns. And your word says that if I cast my cares on you, that you care for me. So, God, I know that you care about the things that are troubling my heart. So here they are in a real simple list. And then what do I do? I take it a step farther. I begin to confess what the word says about each and every one of those issues. So let me give you an example. I've been battling bronchitis for basically two weeks now. And the other night I was sitting at dinner and and I started coughing really bad and I got almost like a spasm in my lung and it just hurt really bad and, and it frightened me. I was very concerned about it and then it happened again the next day. So I was standing there with my communion, and I had been confessing over my healing, but I just said, God, you know, I just give you this worry. I am not going to worry about this. Why? Because your word says that you bore my sicknesses. You carried my diseases, and by your stripes, I am healed. So I cast the care, I cast the concern onto him, and then I speak the provision or the promise that God has given me in the word. Why? Because you remember that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? So I don't speak the death, I don't speak the fear, I speak the promise. Amen? I confess the word over what it is that I am dealing with. Why is this important? Because if you allow fear to remain, you must remember that fear is a spiritual force. And fear will go out into the kingdom of darkness and it will produce the very thing that you are afraid of in your life. You know, Job said, the thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. Why? Because instead of dealing with fear... He allowed that fear to remain and take root. So how can, you know, I had a lady come up to me the last time I was teaching and she said, but Shannon, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believe his word, but I'm still afraid all the time. Well, yeah, because the devil is attacking you with fear. But you have to choose to step out of worrying, choose to step out of that fear and begin to address it. Or it will produce the things that you fear the most in your life. So fear can produce sickness. The second thing that fear, if it's not addressed, will produce is failure. When fear is not addressed, it will produce failure in your life. Why? Because it will stop you from trying. It'll stop you from fighting. There could be an opportunity in front of you, a wide open door that God has given you, and you will stand there and remain in the position, despite the fact that God is trying to give you the desire of your heart. Why? Because fear will rise up and tell you, you can't do it. You're not able. It might not happen. You don't know how. So fear will produce failure if you don't address it. It will stop you from fighting. It will cause you to surrender. 
and to give up or to walk away from things. In Deuteronomy 28, we talked a little bit about this story uh, two weeks ago. It says in verse 8 that the officers are speaking to the people and they say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. I'm going to give you a common sense piece of advice that I take from that scripture. When you are walking through life and you are trying to face something and, or, or trying to do something new and fear begins to rise up inside of you, you better find yourself a good cheerleading squad. You better not go to the person that knows you so well who's going to say, you know what, you're right. That probably won't work out. If you try that new promotion, you might fail. And then your boss will have to fire you because you don't know everything about that new opportunity. So it's probably safer to stay right where you are. You better have some good cheerleader friends. You better find some people who are going to say to you, you know what? You just go ahead and take that job. And you just trust that with God all things are possible. That the Bible says that if you need wisdom and you ask him for it, he will give it to you. That he will give you everything you need to be a success. Amen? So you surround yourself with cheerleaders. You get to know some people who are hope dealers, who believe that you can, who see what your potential is, not exactly who you are right now. Amen? So fear, when it's not dealt with, will produce failure. The third thing that it will produce is bondage. It will produce bondage. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man brings a snare. Now there's two ways that you can read that verse. The first way is, is that the fear in your heart will bring a snare. So today when I was studying, I looked up that word snare. And what it means there in that verse, it actually means that it's like a noose for trapping animals. It's a trap. And it says that it's talking about that an animal would just be carelessly wandering around and then all of a sudden be trapped. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will unconsciously allow fear to remain. And before we know it, we're trapped. That's why you have to be on the lookout. The second way you can read that verse is that fear of other men will bring a snare. The Bible commentary says that a lot of people live with a fear of what men may do to them. Or what they may say about them. Or the harm that they may cause. If you're not careful, fear will put you into bondage, into bondage of people. Look, you can't be afraid of people. You can't live your life trying to please everybody. 
You can't live your life trying to go unnoticed. I will never forget one time my mom told me, and it has meant so much to me. I was so upset because people were talking bad about me and about our family and just some different stuff. And I remember I was just so upset. And she said to me, she said, you know what, Shannon? She said, don't worry about the people talking about you. You start worrying when they stop talking. Why? Because anybody that is going to step out in faith for God, people are going to have something to say about. People are going to have something to say. But I also remind you that the Bible says that he will silence the naysayers. He will deal with the people. And I would say to you, If God can handle the devil, can he not handle your snarky cousin? If God can deal with death, hell, and the grave, can he not handle your jealous, backbiting coworker? Are you really going to let the fear of what some human would try to do to you to stop you from going where God is trying to take you? The amazing thing is that that verse goes on and it says, but whosoever trusts in the Lord, whoever chooses, what that means is whoever chooses to place their confidence in him and chooses to walk in his ways shall be safe. It means that they shall be preserved from all real evil through God's watchful providence over them. I love the way the Message Bible reads. It says, hour by hour I place my days in your hand in Psalms 31, 15. Hour by hour I place my days in your hand safe from the hands out to get me. Every time that fear rises up, Will you just say out of your mouth, God, hour by hour, I give you my day. Hour by hour, I place my day in your hand. I'm not going to worry about that one. I'm not going to worry about that one over there. I'm just going to keep doing what you've asked me to do. I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to place my confidence in you. And when I do, I know that your faithful providence will keep me safe. Amen. Number four. The fourth thing that fear will produce is torment. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. That word torment actually means punishment. The devil is on a mission to punish you, to torment you. He does it through threats of harm and threats of bad things, even threats of the unknown. But this verse says that there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. What is perfect love? It is the finished works of the cross. It is the finished works of the cross because you see the finished works of the cross has rescued you from punishment. It has saved you from torment from the devil. 
The Bible says resist the devil and he must flee. So you can sit back and allow him to torment you or you can rise up and say, devil, I've had enough. Get out. But it says resist him. You must rise up and choose faith, amen? You must choose faith and not punishment. This is, torment is, is so awful because the devil uses it. It is the root of depression. It is the root of anxiety. It is the root of mental illness. It is the root of chaos in your mind. The devil will constantly fill your mind and make it so jumbled that you can't believe, that you can't concentrate. But if you will speak out of your mouth, faith, if you will rise up. I love something I read the other day. Joseph Prince was talking and he said, every day you must choose to rest in the finished works of the cross. To rest in them. There is peace. There is calm. There is freedom from torment when you believe that God's love for you is truly perfect and it was complete on the cross. Amen? When you actually believe in that, then you can take rest and peace. Amen? And the torment will come to an end. The fifth thing that the devil, that, that fear will produce in your life is lack. It will produce lack. We all know what Philippians 4.19 says. It says, and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But I would say to you tonight that you can't experience, you can't believe for abundance if you can't believe that God will supply all of your needs. And if you are afraid that you will not have enough, then you won't be able to believe. So you must choose faith. You must choose to believe that God will provide you with anything that you need to accomplish whatever it is that he has set in front of you, amen? I do not for one second believe that God will bring an open door for you, that God will call you to do something without giving you the provision. He will not ask you to do something without making a way for you if you will be obedient and trust that your God will supply all of your needs. Amen? The sixth thing that fear will produce is insecurity. Insecurity. Fearful people are insecure. Fearful people constantly doubt who they are. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. God has called each one of us. He has gifted each one of us with certain talents and abilities. 
The Bible says that you were made in his image, that there is no flaw in you, but fear will cause you to doubt who you are. It will cause you to doubt your creation, your identity. And when you begin to doubt in who you are, then the devil will shift your focus off of who God created you to be and place your focus on who others are. And when our focus shifts to who others are, then jealousy begins to rise. You see, insecurity leads to jealousy. Proverbs 14.30 says that a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Jealousy is rooted in fear. And jealousy will destroy your relationships It will take you completely away from your purpose and calling. You will spend year after year praying and hoping and asking God for the life that he created for someone else. Instead of focusing on who he designed you to be and becoming and praying and working and developing what is inside of you. So if you're not careful, fear will make you doubt who he made you to be. Let me give you an example. I spent so many years of my life watching my mom get up here and preach and thinking to myself, if I can just be just like her. And I remember teaching in small Bible studies and things and thinking, why can't my message come out the way my mom does? Everyone is expecting me to communicate exactly like her. The truth of the matter is, is that I am not exactly like my mom. My personality is so different. And while I learned so much from her, I cannot be her. I cannot guide people to Jesus in the same way that she did. And all those years I spent feeling so insecure about getting up here and being who God created me to be because instead of focusing on who God created me to be, I was focused on trying to be her. The devil will always, even in your good intention, shift your focus to something and try to make you believe that you're weak or you're inadequate or you're missing something or you're not the same or you're not good enough. And that insecurity will begin to build up and it will create a fear. And before you know it, you will not be able to do what you need to do. In fact, you will be completely dissatisfied because you will be focused on other people and how they do it. And you will be trying to be just like them. And you will never be able to be like them. Because you are not that person. Quit questioning the creation that God made you in. Instead, look at who he created you to be. 
recognize the talents and gifts in you and work on them and perfect them and become the best possible version of you so that you will not be insecure, so that fear cannot take hold of you and so that you can step out and begin to do what God put you here to do. Amen. The last point tonight, the seventh thing that fear will produce in your life is death. Fear can and will produce death. Look, people die from heart attacks all the time, and it is a lot of times because of stress. It's because of a fear of what can happen or what might happen, or what is going on, and they allow that stress to rise up. The dictionary says that stress is an actual force. It is a physical pressure. It is a strain on your body. Stress comes from fear. And that fear will begin to take hold, and stress kills Stress is dangerous. Luke 21, verse 25 and 26 says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heavens will be shaken. Your heart will fail you if you remain in fear. People can actually die because they live year after year after year captive to fear. You have to rise up against that fear. Recognize how dangerous it is. It is not something to be messed around with. Amen? It is not something to joke around with. If you're not careful and you don't address it and you allow the tree of fruit to take root in your life, then bad fruit will begin to develop in your life and you will have to deal with the danger of fear. So I remind you tonight to choose faith. To choose faith. To rest in the finished works of the cross. And I would also say to you in closing, come next week. Because next week I'm going to teach you how to fight fear. Next week I'm going to walk you through the steps of how to overcome fear. Because you were created for faith. Amen? Amen. Did you learn some things tonight? Would you stand with me so I can pray with you as you go? Father, tonight I just declare a blessing over the people who are here. Or who are here. I thank you, Father, that they abound in your grace and mercy, that your favor goes before them, that it prepares the way for them, that your angels surround them, and that everything they set their hand to do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.